Hello Redeemer, today is the end of our Building Strong and Sending Well series and it's Vision Sunday and I'm going to be speaking into some of the emphases that we believe God has called us into in the coming season. At the end of this service and in the coming weeks we're going to be taking up a financial offering to put into our advance fund which goes towards outworking the things that we're laying out today. We're going to be talking about our heart's desires and our general trajectory at the beginning of what is a bit of a new chapter for Redeemer as we look ahead into the next season that God has for us. Now, I have mixed feelings about Vision Sundays. I love them. I love my heart being stirred. I love sharing with others as we look to fulfill all that God has for us to do. I love it when God speaks. I love it when God guides, when people step out in Faith ventures, no matter how small or large they feel. The Bible and history is filled with these simple acts of obedience, despite the scale, that lead to lives changed, family lines transformed, towns radically transformed, even nations changed by simple acts of obedience done in faith. I love looking forward with anticipation to what God will do. But in the midst of that, I yearn for the excitement, and this is what I want for you today. I yearn for the excitement of that to be secondary, or to be part of, contribute to, the daily, the weekly excitement of encountering Jesus, of being filled with Him by His Holy Spirit, of knowing what it is to be saved and have your sins forgiven and your conscience cleansed. And so my prayer is that in the midst of looking ahead, and I'm excited for what God has for us as a church, that you would be primarily and that you'd be overwhelmingly filled with a vision of Jesus. All we're talking about is a microcosm of what God is doing across the earth. And so as we look ahead with our hopes and with our dreams and anticipation, my hope and prayer for you is that today, amidst all of that, your greatest delight, and my greatest delight and your greatest zeal and yearning, as it would be for me, is for him, the king himself, and for the glory of his name through the extension of his kingdom. I want you to turn with Psalm, to Psalm 127 with me. It's towards the middle of your Bible. We're going to read it together. I want you to encourage you to follow along and read it out loud where you are when it comes up on the screen. Psalm 127, we're going to read all of it, verses 1 through to 5. Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labour over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchmen stay alert in vain. In vain you get up early and you stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. Sons are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are more exciting, more fulfilling than any anything we could ever look to apart from you but we also thank you that you have called us up and all that you are doing and i pray today as i share some of the burdens on our heart 
for the coming season, that you would, by your Holy Spirit, come and fill us with your very life and that you would catch us up into this machine. Come and deposit faith. Come and speak to us about future endeavours. Come and help us, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I felt led to this psalm as I began to unpack what we've been praying about and feeling on our heart as elders and what God has for us in this coming season. I, I felt led to the psalm with some really helpful applications for us. And alongside of the acronym BLESS, B-L-E-S-S, to be a memorable way to kind of outline what we have for us in the future. So I'm going to be walking through those four letters, five letters, B-L-E-S-S, and letting Psalm 127 help us as we unpack the vision and God is starting to stir in our hearts. So the first one, B, is build strong. Can you say build strong? This psalm is a, a song of ascent, which meant the whole community, all of God's people, would sing it as they were going up to Jerusalem for a festival. It's a song that formed and shaped the whole people of God. So there's applications, obviously, to parenting and to building and to guarding. But the whole community would have sung it. And I think it's helpful for us to understand, although some of the applications were very situation specific, there are things that can help us today. As we look ahead, as we move forward as a community on mission, we want to build strong so that we can go long. We want to build strong so that we can go long, long in our reach, you might say wide, and long in our legacy in time beyond us we want to build strong so that we can go long and our hopes and our dreams are first and foremost formed by scripture we want to be a church that advances and the gates of hell cannot overcome it because that's what jesus has said would be true of his church we believe that scripture says that the mountain of god will be established as the chief of all mountains i believe it's speaking about the glory of the church and that every nation would gather to this mountain and come and worship. We want to be a church that carries the gospel to every people and every place. We are that big, broad vision is formed by scripture, but we also have hopes and dreams that are formed by specific prophetic promises that we would be an apostolic sending countywide church, that God would give us an inheritance in the East and that by the very coming to Colchester was prophesied that there would be a breakout of the gospel in Asia. Other prophetic words that have shaped us is that we were birthed with dignity and with weight and with a clout that will have national significance. Another prophetic word is that we'll be a church of the nations, a gathering of variety that will reproduce after its kind. So we've got this big vision formed by scripture and also stirring our hearts from these specific prophetic words. And also our hopes and dreams are formed by specific passions significant passions that our people carry to be sent to the nations to fight injustice to care for the poor to multiply business endeavors to raise resources for kingdom advance and so much more our vision is very big because the bible compels us to have a big vision of the church of jesus and we must build strong so that we can go long in reach and in legacy for the glory of God. 
Now, if we're to even touch on these things, it is going to require deep foundations and a long-term vision. So what does that look like in general terms? Well, amongst other things, building strong will look like us pursuing a building so that we have a base from which we can send and resort so that we can have a base where we are present, not just on a Sunday in one location, but all week in the city. Having a building will enable so much of that. Building strong looks like strengthening our staffing so that we can equip and resource the members for the ministry. Building strong will look like developing training. It'll look like us maturing as individuals and therefore as a people and being people of the word and people filled with the spirit. And so much more buildings, staffing, training, equipping and maturing. That's if you like the heart of building strong. And when you look at the vision, just the dreams, I mean, it's very broad <laughs> that I've shared. That can be both exciting and it can be overwhelming. And we can, we, we can err into striving and restlessness to make sure we bring it about and we do something significant. Which is why Psalm 127 is so, so helpful. It speaks of building, it speaks of guarding, it speaks of raising the next generation and, and shooting them like arrows. But all of that is built on and fueled by the foundation of total and utter dependence on God. Unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord guards builders and laborers, it's all in vain, watching over, guarding, it's all in vain. In fact, it's, it's, it's a restlessness. You get up early in vain and you stay up late in vain. Our labouring, our building, our watching, our guarding, our zeal, our pursuit to be a church like this comes first from a place of rest in Him. I just want you to breathe. Everything we do comes from a place of rest and dependency upon God a rest that he will build his church Matthew chapter 6 of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end Isaiah chapter 9 God works in us to will and to work according to his good pleasure or as Titus says that he has redeemed us to be zealous for good works all our endeavors all our hopes all the outworking of our dreams needs to be built strong and the way we do that is first and foremost building on him as our foundation. One of the words over us as a church is that we would be a church of endurance. I want you to say it. Say endurance. It's not an attractive word instinctively. It would be that we would be a church of endurance, that we would have a grace to keep going. Adrian Horner, well respected and known prophetic voice, has prophesied that over us. Endurance is the ability to remain active for a long period of time, as well as being able to resist and withstand and recover. Redeemer, we are in this for the long haul. This is not a hobby. It is our very lives. But it is not a, a gritted teeth, restless striving, only just keeping going endurance. It is a promise shaped, grace-fueled labour from rest, ability to keep going, to keep giving, to keep 
forgiving, to keep serving, to keep sowing, to keep sending, to keep praying. It must be labor from rest so that it is not in vain and pointless. So with everything I shared today, my greatest yearning is that you learn what it is to find rest in God and to labor from that place and to pursue God and all that he has for you and for us from that place. If we remain dependent upon the Lord, secure in him, resting deeply in his sovereign rule and reign over all things, he gives sleep to the ones he loves, verse 2. It's a beautiful picture. In the midst of building and labouring, you can do that and have sleep and have rest from God. And that is how we build strong to go long, by being dependent on him and walking closely with him. I hope the greatest motivation and fuel you ever have is him and his purposes. Everything else is vain striving. And even as we sow money to a particular vision today, we're first and foremost giving of ourselves and our money to him as part of our worship. As we look ahead, let's build strong in him. We will never stop preaching the gospel. We will never stop talking about him. The gospel is both the diving board and the swimming pool, as I've heard it said. Often we think the gospel is about getting saved and then you dive into doing life. No, no, the gospel is how you get saved. It's a moment. But as you dive into the swimming pool, the gospel is how you're enabled to swim, how you're enabled to work. It's all about what Jesus has done and what he is now doing in you through the Holy Spirit and through you. And on that foundation of him, we build. Yes, a venue one day. <laughs> We're always looking. I always have my eyes peeled. I occasionally go on the... Um, the market places online and look at buildings. I dream one day, my personal dream is of a warehouse with soft play, counselling rooms, a cafe, job education rooms, maybe a place where there's respite for the hungry and the homeless. I long to walk past that building and yes, it's used for our church gatherings on a Sunday and our training equipment, but it's filled with families and men and women and the elderly and the hurting Monday to Sunday. I cannot wait for that day. That is part of what we're sowing into a building one day. But as we wait for that, we don't stand still. It's not the only thing we are pursuing. We will always be building people, first and foremost, which brings us to our owl. Bless, be, build strong. Owl is that we want to see leaders raised and released. We build people. That's what we're mainly about. Jesus builds the church, if you like, we build people and they labour for God in his kingdom. Verse 3 to 5. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gates. The psalmist says in verse 3 that sons are like these arrows. <laughs> and blessed is the man who's got lots of these arrows. Because it leads to greater support and greater resource and greater impact when needed. For example, when disputes were worked out at the city gates. That man could rely on his family to back him up and to support him. And there's some helpful applications for us. In that, in this image, as we look to raise and release leaders. 
and the coming season. See, there are both battles to take hold of ahead of us for our inheritance in God. And then also we have to withhold the advances of the enemy. We're always pushing forward, taking ground, and we're always guarding what we have. There are faith ventures. There are building projects, fundraising, new ground to take that rule. Kyle, all of us to lead ourselves, to lead others, to go arm in arm, to sometimes carry each other when we are frail or when we are hurting or when our faith is low. At times just carrying each other, but all the while by the grace of God moving forward. And for this to all take part, everybody needs a leader mindset when it comes to taking ownership and responsibility for what God has called us to. And then there are those with a particular grace on them, the gift of leadership that we are to identify and nurture. These are men and women who stir and direct our energies and our gifts so that we can advance I've heard it said you need three times as many leaders as you need now. You need leaders for now, you need leaders for growth, and you need leaders to send. You always need to have three times as many leaders as you think you do. And in the psalm, it calls these sons that are raised arrows. Arrows, they, they go further and they go faster than bowmen. I've got this Bow. It's not exactly what it would have looked like in ancient days, but it's uh, it's pretty hefty bow. And if we're to think about arrows, the next generation, we need to think and plan beyond ourselves. We need to think and plan intergenerationally. The early church leaders and an actor are probably in their late 20s and their early 30s. We need to invest in the next generation. And that's anyone who's younger than you today. We need leaders with cross-cultural awareness, with cross-cultural callings. We need leaders who understand the times and the culture. And often those tend to be younger, not always. And leaders are formed like arrows. You see, these arrows, are they're put into the bow and they're, they're shot further and they're shot faster. But to form an arrow takes a lot of deliberate focus and a deliberate attention and lots of investment and lots of patience, I believe. And to be formed as an arrow takes vulnerability, takes teachability. I mean, you break the arrow off a tree, that, that's painful. And then you, then you shave it. And the one being shaved, that, that's ouch, it's your character formed. It, it, it's painful. But the one shaving needs to know how, how deep to cut, how far to go. Fathers and mothers shaping arrows, arrows being teachable and humble. So that one day they would fly true and that they would fly straight and make an impact and this requires lots and lots of investment but interestingly in the psalm bowmen are considered warriors bowmen bow women it's fine having lots of arrows if you don't have anyone to shoot them just quivers sitting around in fact you're probably not going to have good arrows if any arrows at all if you don't have lots of bowmen and bow women archers who are going to shoot these arrows and I think that helps us think about mothers and fathers in the church. They're considered warriors. You know, we might think that the arrow that's being shot off is glamorous. But actually, language we use at Redeemer's Pillars, people who stay here for the long haul, 
and week after week, year after year, form and shape arrows while we ourselves are being formed and shaped. And one day you, you place the arrow and you, you send them, you shoot them off, but it's with tears of sadness. You, you've invested in this arrow. It's, they've, they've been family. They're a son. They're a daughter. And so you, we, 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 we release them with, with joy and with lots of tears into the destiny that they were born for. A quote I heard somewhere about parenting, but applies to raising sons and daughters in the church, says this, we're fine if our children never climb a mountain, as long as it guarantees that they never get hurt. But what if our children were made for mountains? The ultimate mission of the family is not to protect your children from all harm, but to mobilize them for the mission of God. We need to hear that, fellow parents. It's not to keep them from harm, it's to raise them to be arrows for the mission of God. The quote goes on, It is possible to hold on to our kids so tightly that we forget the ultimate goal of parenting is to let them go. Another example, many of you will know the name Jim Elliot, famous for the quote, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain, which he cannot lose. He left a very promising career in the United States to serve as a missionary in South America. And to his parents, when he made that decision, I think writing, he said, I do not wonder that you are saddened at the word of my going to South America. But remember how the psalmist described children. He said they are a heritage from the Lord and that every man should be happy whose quiver is full of them. And what is a quiver full of but arrows? And what are arrows for but to shoot? So, he says, with the strong arms of prayer, draw, draw back the bowstring, back, all the way back, and let it fly, all of them straight at the enemy host. With the strong arms of prayer, draw the bowstring back and let the arrows fly. All of them straight at the enemy's host. We need to release leaders. But we need bowmen and bowmen to do that wisely. We need archers. And interestingly, I've seen some videos and I'm told that archers are imbalanced in their physical development. Their, their left shoulders are often bigger from all that pushing. And the muscles on their left back, the back of their shoulder, are often developed. So they've got this weird imbalance of development from their investment in shooting arrow after arrow after arrow we need men and women who will have have imbalanced developments <laughs> who choose to stay in the pillars at redeemer so that we can release arrow after arrow after arrow so as I come to the end of this point, just to ask you, will you be a pillar at Redeemer? Will you be a Redeemer bowman or bowwoman? A father or a mother who invests in others and is committed to keep growing themselves? We need you. Will you be an arrow? Will you be teachable? And will you be humble? Will you be committed to growth and taking responsibility? Responsibility is not an old person's 
thing. It's everyone in God. Responsibility is not something that people have position only take. Ownership, responsibility is for all of us. Will you step into areas of service in the church and the community that stretch you? Will you seek out people that speak into your life? And I want some of you today, one step from here is be deliberate and ask someone to speak into your life. You know it will be painful, but it will be beautiful as well. Will you take initiative? Will you take responsibility? Will you take ownership for what God has called you to and what God has called us to? I had a chat with someone in the church recently and they were talking about how alongside they work. They wanted to generate business income that provides job and income for kingdom endeavors. I think they've got a grace on them and they've got a passion and they're looking to see how they can outwork that, taking ownership for their sphere within what God has called us to. See, much of what we are talking about may be in the church, but equally these these principles apply to your roles and influence in the kingdom beyond church gatherings and activities. Our gatherings are part of being equipped so that we can be sent out. We yearn to equip leaders for the marketplace, for every sphere of society to usher in God's kingdom. A kingdom of wholeness, a kingdom of mercy, a kingdom of justice, which brings us to our first S of bless. B, build strong, L, see leaders raised and released. We'll come back to the E because that's the, the center of the sandwich. But to the first S, we want to be a church that serves the poor. That's not explicit from Psalm 127, but getting justice at the city gates could have entailed in part caring for the poor. Kingdom leaders who remember the poor. That's a phrase from Galatians 2 verse 10 where we read this. Paul was in Jerusalem and they had discerned that there was a grace on him to share the gospel with the Gentiles. So they released him into the area that he was gifted and graced in. But they said, while you do that, remember the poor. And Paul said, that's what I want to do. Galatians 2 verse 10. Only they asked him, as he did what he had grace on him for, to remember the poor. The very thing I was eager to do. God's really been pushing this on my heart more and more recently, coming up in all my Bible readings, whatever you and I have been given grace for, no matter how far removed you think that is from working with the poor, we are called to in and through our grace areas. Remember the poor. There's not enough time here to talk about what that might look like or the details of it, but it's something we will be giving ourselves to, as with all of the things today, to think about how we can do that in our spheres of influence so as elders in our sphere of influence we're urging us as a church body to remember the poor what does that look like for you i was chatting with another person in business recently who was looking for a partnership bringing their product to partner with someone else and this company went to and did market research and they came back with this very attractive amount of money because they were marketing the product for maximum profit and this person walked away because his passions his goals is not to maximize profit, nothing wrong with that. You can invest that in kingdom endeavors. But his goal is to maximize reach, and he wants to reach millions of people with this product. So he walked away, because this company were maximizing profit. And then he is working out how he can reach people and bless them with the grace that is on him. Now the best way to remember the poor ultimately is the gospel. That transforms people to truly care. And it's through relief 
and it's through equipping and so the church is well placed to do that directly or indirectly and so we're seeking god what it looks like for us to partner with other organizations who are already doing well by providing people or provision what it's like what what are the passions the second p partnering in passions that god is stirring in the people in the church to fight against modern slavery to stand up and pursue fostering and adoption to care for the homeless whatever it might be now we, we won't adopt all of those as church things but we want to foster and encourage a culture where you can pursue those things and then what are projects that we are going to pioneer in long term sustainable things that we really own as a community that's our heart we want to remember the poor <laughs> indeed as part of remembering not just in thought and you'll see much of what we talked about today is setting this trajectory for what's to come building strong seeing leaders raised and released remembering the poor and then the final s is starting and sending can you say starting and sending and we're coming towards an end now I love the way the message version puts Psalm 127 verses 4 to 5. Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of one's vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are your parents with your quivers, full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. These verses have a great sense of advance and a great sense of victory. And we are dreaming. Currently, you know, these, this is a trajectory we're on and we're going to be gathering different people in the church to work out what each section looks like. But we are dreaming of starting stuff. <laughs> we're dreaming of starting new services. COVID's brought that. I'm, I'm not saying anything concrete. I'm not saying we have any definite plans. But we're dreaming of the day we need to start more services at more times to reach more people. COVID's already helped us a little bit with that. We're dreaming of starting new sites around the town to reach people. We're dreaming of startups, church plants. Adrian Horner has prophesied that as a first thing, God's got three things for us as kind of a first step towards these endeavors. Doesn't mean it's at the same time, but we're the lookout for, for three fronts that we can start things. And we want to send. We emphasize this a lot. We, we, want, we want levers to be equipped. People will come and go. That's not incidental. The early church expanded because of persecution that spread the disciples, but they went as sent ones. We want to see leavers equipped. We want to send laborers to support pioneering and established works. And we want to see leaders starting and pioneering situations. It's in our DNA. It's part of our dreams. We're a, we're a big vision people, and that creates big people. It's the mandate on the church and all of Christ's followers. Reaching more people in more places, more reflecting, more effectively. And church planting and pioneering still is the best way to do that. So all of these things bring us now to the E, the final E, the final point. If you're still with me, well done. Building strong, seeing leaders raised and released, serving the poor, starting and sending. And all of that is for evangelistic advance for the glory of God and the good of people all our giving all our labor all our pouring out the very outworking of the purposes of God and sending Jesus now the church the body of Christ on the earth it's all an outworking of that you know John three sixteen famously for God so loved the world in this way how did he love the world he gave his one and only son. He gave his best. He shot him out from heaven. He sent in Christ coming himself, being this beautifully formed arrow. 
so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That is why we do what we do. I believe it's why we have not been taken to glory. God loves us so much. He yearns to be with us, but he loves people so much. He left us here so that many more sons and daughters would come to glory. The way that God preeminently displays his love for this world is sacrificially giving his best, his only son for the purpose of redemption. That is why we give our best. It's why we build strong for the long haul, laboring and leaving a legacy until Christ returns. It's why we must see leaders raised and released for now, for growth here and for sending. It's why we serve the poor, manifesting the heart of God and his kingdom culture. It's why we will start and send new initiatives, new pioneering, even though it's costly and hard. It is why we do what we do. So that many might call on the name of Jesus and not perish, but have eternal life. May God give you, me, us grace to do all that he has called us to. Charles Spurgeon, famous preacher from back in the day, he said this. He said, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled with the teeth of our exertions and let no one go unwarned and unprayed for. Or paraphrasing that, Greg Moore said, if our neighbours should perish, if family members should disappear upon the broad road, if co-workers should refuse the saviour, let them do so while leaping over our sober warnings and bursting through our arms of prayer evangelistic advance, sharing the gospel of Jesus, seeing the lost saved and coming to fullness of life is why we do all of this. If you're watching today and you're not a Christian, it's why we give thousands of pounds and our time and our energies and our gifts to the purposes of God. Because we love you and even that is a dim reflection of how God loves you and today you can come to him and know him as Lord and Saviour and know a redemption that lasts into eternity. If that's you, click the button, send us a message. We would love to pray with you. The days are urgent. Do not tarry. We do not know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds today. And his name is Jesus. And he has come to make a way that you will come to know him as Lord and Savior. Come to him. And so as we come to an end, we are seeking to bless, build strong, see leaders raised and released, serving the poor, sending and starting all for evangelistic advance. Redeemer, we're in the early chapters of our story, five years in, and we're turning another page and trusting God to help us as we pursue him into all that he has for us. And so as we come in a moment to sow financially into the mission with our gifts which are sacrificial and which are costly, I've had the joy of privilege of being in churches where it's been scandalous how much has been given away. Scandalous from a human perspective, not from a heavenly perspective. We've forgiven much, we love much. It's been a privilege to witness that and to be formed and shaped like that. And as we come to give what feels sacrificial and what feels costly and yet in the sea of opportunity and need can feel small, I want to remind you that what you sow in faith becomes kingdom seed. And Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. 
that a man took and sowed into a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when grown, it's taller than the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the sky come and nest in its branches. Or as the message version puts it, God's kingdom is like an acorn that a farmer plants. It's quite small as seeds go, but in the course of years it grows into a huge oak tree and eagles build nests in it. As we give today and in the coming weeks, sowing for the first time directly into our advance fund, money set aside to outwork these purposes, we are sowing kingdom seed in faith and anticipating what God will do. Final story to finish up. A man was walking along one day, saw three people on a building site doing the same thing. He says to the first one, what are you doing? And the man replied, I'm laying bricks. It's true, he was. Goes to the next person doing the same thing and he says, what are you doing? And the man says, I'm building a wall. And he goes to the third person who's doing the same thing and he says, what are you doing? And the man stood up, he looked at the sky and he said, I'm building a cathedral. As you sow bricks today, as you give your pounds, you're not simply giving money, not simply building a wall. I want you to lift your eyes in anticipation to what God might do. You and I are building something bigger than we could imagine. God is building it and we are playing our part in building the kingdom of God and the church to his glory. So that people would find and follow Jesus, discover fullness of life. So will you partner with us today? I'm going to pray and then I'm going to give some directions how we can give as we come back to worship at the end. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are building your church, that you love those who don't know you more than we could ever imagine, that you are more enabling through the power of your Holy Spirit than we could dream of. And so we ask you to fill us with your spirit and to lead us on this journey as we seek to bless. Bless us that we might be a blessing. And I pray for anyone listening today who doesn't know you right now in Jesus, would you open the eyes of their heart, cause their hearts to burn within them, that they cry out to you and say, save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. And we're going to come and finish as we always want to journey by focusing on Jesus it's going to be a slide coming up now with giving details. If you want to give into this advanced fund, you can continue to do so, particularly in these next few weeks. But the fund is always there. I want to encourage you, you can look at our bank details. That is the best way to give because there's no fees. Your whole gift comes through. If you're a taxpayer, you can gift aid it and we can claim tax on top of that. Please remember to add the reference advance to your giving so that we know it's for this fund. If you're part of the church and you've got a church suite account, you can give through that. There's fees associated, so not all your gift comes through, but that's okay. But through church suite, you can give up a pledge as well. And you can say how much you want to give over time. It helps us to budget. It helps you to budget as you give what you feel God called you to. If you're not on church suite and you want to give a pledge, just email us at info at redeemerchurchcolchester.org and we'll be able to work that all out. God bless you, Redeemer. Thank you for standing with us. May the Lord guide you and guard you and bless you. And may he do measurably more than we could all ask or imagine to his glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship him together.